The Tangent podcast is intended for a mature audience. It will contain themes that are not appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Right, so being the local absolute giant fanboy for the Aliens franchise, I'm going to kick off the uh, best games for 2021 with Aliens Fireteam because, bite me, I freaking <laughs> love anything to do with that franchise. I, God damn it, I have it tattooed down an arm for Christ's sake. So, yeah. Um, you really are definitely it. a biased source there. I, you know, at Look, the same time, most people are. It's a great franchise. But it actually makes a really good game uh, The because you play actual uh, colonial marines. So mm. you're not very... You, I mean, you actually do kind of feel pretty badass and pretty powerful when you've got some of the decent guns in your hand and you're just ripping through hordes of Xenos and... Ah, it's so good. And, like, it, it starts off with you just fighting Xenomorphs, and then later on you're fighting um, some androids, and I won't spoil the third faction you fight because, shit, I was not expecting that crap. Um, and it does it all in that um, Left 4 Dead sort of vibe. Uh, it's yeah, got like some interesting mechanics. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually played, played it a, a bunch with Yeah. Well, we played it. We played it together. You got me to You got me to buy it, and I've, I've got to actually vouch for it. It's a, it's a pretty good game. Um, it... You know, when at first when I was like, yeah, this game's really easy, guys. And then you were like, just wait. So, and then mm. the hordes got more and more. They kept spawning more and more. Uh, and, and yeah, it gave you pretty much like the right amount of difficulty for your level of weapon uh, without being too overkill. But yeah, mm. I liked it. I, I really did like like it. And the game looks really so good too. So, yeah, I, I have not played it myself because I don't have a computer powerful enough to run it currently. But... I've heard so many mixed reviews. Either people love it or hate it. It's a strange thing. I think the big problem, and this is not to take away from that game or to compare them and like who's better, but it came out just on the heel, uh, just before Back for Blood came out. And given the fact that Back for Blood was pitched as the spiritual successor to Left for Dead, there wasn't room ah. for another game that did what Left for Dead did when that was coming out. Side note, Back to Blood is really good too, but it's got its own problems if you want me to talk about it. Um, Yeah, going going to Back for Blood, right? I expected, like, when I I saw it and I saw the logo as well, like that big sentimental four that they have on all the Left 4 Dead games, I I really expected, you know, is it it as horde, because I haven't played it, is it as horde based as Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2? Oh, it's absolutely, uh, it's Left 4 Dead with all the numbers filed off. Um, I think the big problem they ran into is they implemented this card system. And it is interesting because imagine Left 4 Dead, but it has builds. Um, So you actually have different characters, different abilities, and then you have cards which can augment those abilities. You can actually create like dedicated builds to help heal people or kill fast or use these certain types of guns. The problem is at the start of the game, you don't have any of those cards. So you can't, engage with the most interesting part of the game, which is build diversity. Until you've played the game a whole lot to unlock all the cards, and then are you interested in playing the game anymore because you've already played it a bunch to unlock the cards to get to the fun bit. I originally, when I first played it, I bounced pretty much off the thing and thought it was absolute trash and was annoyed that I'd spent money on it. And then a friend of mine got me to come play with them for a bit, and I actually had a lot of fun playing with my friends. And then, I mean... 
trash games are fun with friends. Well, yeah, it's, that's the but, same as Left 4 Dead, right? Like, you wanted to be in a squad of four, and usually if you had four people on Discord chatting and whatnot, it made the game a lot funner than if you joined a random lobby. Like, any multiplayer game, mm. you join a random lobby online, it's just not as fun as if you as if you got someone talking to you the whole time. Yeah, but the thing about Left 4 Dead, though, is your power level isn't gated by having completed the game. Yeah, it's sort of more of a mastery of the game over... Have you unlocked the cards that literally make any of this work? Right, okay. So you can play through the whole game with a couple of friends and have a great time, and even if the guy who just started is maybe not as good as the guy who's played a whole bunch of hours, but your power discrepancy isn't as high. It's a skill thing. Whereas when I jumped in with my friends, I had no cards and they had lots of cards. So I could watch them like just rip through hordes of... I can't even remember what they call them in this because they're not zombies. Um... Mutants? And uh, did they go with the stereotypical infected thing? I think they might have. For a while, I can't remember off the top of my head. They give them some other dumb name, Um, but like that, they could rip through them, and it looked really cool. And I'm like, I want to do that. And then I asked them how, and then they're like, We need these cards, this card, this card, and this card. And it's like, I don't have those. And and I'm assuming that card is by progressing through the game, or it's not pay to win. So progressing through multiplayer specifically. Right. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't unlock anything if you play it single player. Yeah. Um, you can unlock single player cards, but you couldn't. No, unlock no, anything you don't. No. Player, when right? you play single player, all the cards are just unlocked. Oh. Well, so it's great if you want to design a build and right. test it. But once you go to multiplayer and actually play it with your friends, unless you played through, because the, at the end of every level, you get uh, uh, I think they're like requisition tokens. I can't remember what they were called off the top of my head. Um, it's been a couple months since I played the game. Uh, at the end of the mission, depending on how well you did, you get these requisition tokens, and then you spend those to essentially do like a battle pass type deal. Uh, you go through it all, and you unlock all the cards. Um, and there's usually three different ones, so you can pick the one with the cards you want. But if the mm-hmm. card you actually want isn't on any one of those, then you have to finish one of them and hopefully get a better battle pass in. It's dumb. It's really stupid. <laughs> That's where games have like gone it. wrong. They expect us to have friends, the bastards. Well, they just expect um, you to... Exp- I actually had some really good um, interactions with with puppies playing that game. There was one where one of the, the girls was trying to get her friend to, to give her some money so she could buy the squad upgrade uh, token at one of the lockboxes. Um, and he wasn't actually answering her. So she literally called him on her phone and he's in like the next room in her house. Ah. It was so surreal and dumb. And it was this great interaction that I'm just listening to. And everyone in the fucking uh, game is laughing their asses off. It was great. Oh man. Um, But it forces you to do it, which is very, very annoying. So a game I know Swoosh has also absolutely loved. I would potentially call this the game of the year um, is guardians of the galaxy. Swoosh. What do you reckon? Oh, I love that game. It, it stole my soul for a, about a you know a week of just playing solidly. Um, it's one of the few games I've gone through and played twice. Uh, I loved it. It was great. The writing was spot on. They nailed the comic characters perfectly. Uh, it's one of those few times they've managed to pull it off, and I think it's because they had a few comic writers actually on staff, which... I would recommend to most game designers bring the source material people in if you can. You can see that the most, particularly with Drax. Yes. Um, The the movie Drax is very different to the comic Drax. Uh, And most people who started with movies get a bit jarred by Drax. But But everything from... How did you feel, right? 
when, the first time I saw it, like, because we're so used to seeing Star-Lord as Chris Pratt, right? The first time I saw Star-Lord in the game, I, I was like, damn it, this does not look like Chris Pratt. I'm not going to lie. It took a second to get used to the classic blonde uh, Star-Lord. But uh, once you get past that, it, it's great. Because he's wearing a helmet most of the time. It doesn't really matter. Um once you actually get into the flow of it and he starts the banter with all of them, it goes really well. And even in the two playthroughs I had, I did not see many repeats of dialogue or that kind of thing, apart from scripted, of course. But some of the stuff that would pop up, yeah. it always felt organic. Uh, there was so much of it that nothing felt boring, nothing looped. It was amazing. It's one of those Swear. few things. There's got to be like a whole nother game's worth of dialogue in ambient dialogue. Yeah, I went through half the second time primarily trying to find more dialogue, just doing different paths and that kind of things. Like, what's going to happen here? What happens if I throw rocket across the, uh, the ravine? Like, what happens if I do these things differently? Which is just particularly interesting. Like, like that particular one, it's it's a reasonably early one on, so, and I'm still going to keep it pretty general, but mm. like, there's a chasm and you can throw him over and if he does, he opens a bridge. If you do that, you literally cut out like a 10 to 15 minute section of game yeah. where there's not a lot of, in, I'm not going to pretend it's like, oh my God, you're missing out on so much stuff, but there's all this extra dialogue and all these other interactions that just don't happen because you did that. Yeah. And that's how the but whole game feels. Like you make a choice. Did I, did I miss out on a chance to see some other cool thing? Oh, Pretty man. much. And even taking the shortcuts doesn't feel like a shortcut because you still get rewarded with different conversation mm. and different information. It's really well done. I enjoyed everything. Uh, the only thing I had took time to get used to was the uh, control mechanic, uh, which is controlling all of the other characters through Star-Lord. And once you get used to it, it's fluid. It's great. Oh, it's, it's a great. Time, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, like, I would highly recommend anyone... I, look, I don't know if you did, Ben, but I know for me, when I was playing that game, I tried playing it on keyboard and mouse, and it just didn't quite feel right. Busted out the controller, and, oh, my God, it's clearly been designed for a control pad. It definitely has. I Particularly see, yeah, when you I... go into the controlling the uh, other Guardian's wheel. Yeah. That just flows mm. so much better with a gamepad. That's fair. Like, I haven't, I haven't tried that. I've, I've managed to... I've almost completed my second playthrough now purely with key, keyboard and mouse, actually. Oh, I'm not saying you can't play it, but that particular wheel, because like when you activate it on keyboard and then you've got a mouse over it and then wait and then mouse over and you go, it feels clunky. Whereas on the controller, it's like you go into the mode with like holding a trigger and then you just hit A, A, and you've activated an ability. Well, it's, yeah, it's the same Sweet as, and like, smooth. It's a, I guess it's that type of game, right? It's the same as, say, Spider-Man uh, or all the Avengers, the original one, which... It, like we played it for a bit, but it's quite disappointing. But they're all yeah. built to be primarily. They made the whole boring. Game. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, like it, it, it functions. It's not bad. I just thought I, I just found I enjoyed it more once I let go of the keyboard and mouse, which is like, oh my god, I must have it, um, and let and went to the controller for that game. But I'm I'm currently yeah I'm on the second playthrough of Guardians of the Galaxy because I want 100 percent it I want to I want to get all the collectibles uh, and then I just realized that I went past one and I went past Ooh. one to the point where it was like 20 meters story locker yeah so now I need yeah. to go and resetting the mission doesn't actually get you that achievement so you need to 
now I need to replay it a whole third time. <laughs> but, God uh, damn. Find more dialogue, it's good. <laughs> yeah, more dialogue. <laughs> find the secret dialogues. Yeah, we got we got hit by some pretty big names in 2021. So we uh we got hit yeah. by Far Cry Six as well. Um Ugh, oof, oof, just oof. I, I've been waiting for that to drop the price before I pick that one up. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, yeah, I would say that's a good idea. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I personally enjoyed it until if you forget, if you basically forget that you've ever played a Far Cry game, you'll enjoy it. Um, but for me that have played all of them, I, I still did enjoy it. There is still parts of the storyline that I did enjoy, but uh, as a wholesome, I was quite disappointed. Yeah, I got burnt by five, and I I've not been back for that's a while. Fair. I, it, it was a it was a hard burn there, and I did not really enjoy five as much. And from what I've heard about six, it's the same kind of issues that I experienced there, which is a huge map but no fast way of traveling through it, so it's just a slog to get anywhere. Um, which yeah. the really disappointing bit is the the environmental artists have done an amazing job. The actual island is gorgeous. There's some absolutely delightful shots where you'll be like walking down a jungle path and just all the lights coming through and it's like, God damn, this is what video games are all about. Yeah. But then you're like, the next objective is a 15 minute walk that way. Yeah. What the shit? Well, I mean, they did, they implemented multiple aircraft and helicopters now that you can get, but you can only get them at certain bases. Um, mm. So if you do fall out, uh, you know, if you fly 3,000 meters and then f- crash your plane, you've got to then teleport back and fly the 3,000 meters again. Uh, mm. So time travel oh, is not, it's slow, very slow in that game. I mean, it's not saying that you can't speed it up. You unlock checkpoints and then you can warp to them. Uh, usually in an area, if you're taking out the air gun, you can just, you know, go to the skybox and drop down and then you can parachute, yeah, uh, wingsuit to wherever you need to go and that's usually pretty quick. It, it just feels, but when you travel like that, then what was the point in all the detail in the environments? Yeah. If all I'm going to do is just glide there and skip it all, why did you do it? You clearly put a lot of effort in, which means you wanted me to walk. And if I walk, you waste my time. Exactly. So why would I ever do it? That's why I liked things like a Horizon Zero Dawn that brought in the uh, the points of interest where you go to and you see through like the past and everything because it allowed them to go look at this lovely you know area we've created uh, and they're going to that's the main focus for this reward you'll get but that's where it comes into effect there for me but I, I don't think Fire Cry Six had anything like that you weren't being rewarded for finding the majestic scenes or that kind of stuff. They did try. They had like <laughs> hidden caches and treasure hunts, but they're all very basic for the most part. One of them actually, if you do the treasure hunt, there's then a mission that takes you to the exact same place. It's it's redundantly used, um, yeah. which is is disappointing. Um, if you want to talk about something that isn't disappointing, which I don't think either of you played, was Psychonauts Two. That no, game was on my list, but I've not played it yet. Like, this is absolutely the type of game you should play. Switch. Did you ever play Psychonauts? I did. I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah, no, the second one is one. It, well, actually, it's not quite a direct sequel. There is actually a VR game that goes between Psychonauts One and Psychonauts Two, which, if you don't know mm-hmm. about, is going to be a little bit of shake but it's not enough to really fuck it up 
Um, but its visual style is amazing. Their humor is great. The uh, internal mind levels are all as creative and well done. Hell, they have an entire level that is basically a dude dealing with depression, and it's perfectly done. Well, maybe nice. not perfectly, but like you actually get the vibe of like bottling up emotions and the uh, false way you think people th- talk about you and all that kind of stuff. It and it's done in a visual landscape. It's just like mm, this is this is exactly the kind of shit that I love playing super creative video games for. That does sound like fun. It's on my list, but I've just been distracted by a lot of stuff at the moment because uh, I'm finally catching up on things. Well, I've been catching up for a while. Oh, yeah. uh, at the moment, I've been powering through Hades because I'm a masochist and I want to keep dying. Um, but as of <laughs> the other day, I I picked up Returnal, which is the same vein. It's weird. I went from Hades where I was like, all right, just keep dying and get better, and went to Returnal, which is just die more. It's fine. You can start everything again. And it kind of flowed really well. So I've been playing with those a lot, just bouncing between. Because... Uh, you guys are gamers. You know that feeling of jumping from one game to another, which is starkly dis- different. And you have that mo- like momentary point where it's like, I, I brain function, switch to new thing, please. Do the stuffs. Yeah. And mm. trying to switch the gears. And there was no one. switch of gears. It was literally just done, done, done onto the new thing. It was great. Right. Um, best things to do because one's light and jaunty the other is a lot darker and more dark soulsy but i've enjoyed the ever-loving hell out of it so it's great and look forward to actually getting a hold of returnal at some point I mean, so that- it took a while the fact that it finally dropped below a hundred dollars and i'm a poor bastard but still i mean so that's sort of a, a little summary there on 2021 of what we've played mainly um I like. I think all three of us mainly can recommend Guardians of the Galaxy the most for anyone who oh, hasn't yeah, played definitely. it. Definitely, without question. Probably. I mean, just that's just the answer alone. It, it was correct. And I mean, that's really just a, a small sample of like 2021. Really was a pretty good year for games. We got some really good stuff, and like we could probably spend like three hours just covering games from last year. Hell, I don't even think we necessarily hit all the highlights. Hell, we didn't even talk about Halo Infinite. Oh, yeah, man. no, true. Halo Infinite, but, though, it's really finding its feet now, to be honest. It, it started off, you know, you had all your Halo fans go, yes, we need this, it's Halo. But then you had, it, it did something that a few previous Halos didn't reach. It actually got, you know, people that have never played a Halo before. It got them in the fan club. Like, it brought them... They, mm. they tried out the game and they loved it. Like, you've got streamers like Dr. Disrespect, you know, Shroud, a few other huge streamers that have never played Halo before, like, yeah, never streamed Halo, and now they're all over it. Well, I think that really helped was... Um, well, actually, I think two things really helped. Well, okay, three things really helped. One, Call of Duty this year basically failed. Yeah. Uh, Battlefield this year was dead on arrival. And then they put out the multiplayer for Halo Infinite for free. So all the people who'd paid money for these other games and were disenfranchised with them went, well, screw you, I'm going to go play the space one. <laughs> and that helped get people in the door. And so when the actual game launched, they were already somewhat invested and went, yeah, okay, I'll pony up the cash for that. Yep. Well, I mean... It worked uh, out well. Um, <clears throat> Warzone did finally release a new map, uh, which was 
But, I mean, it went back to World War Two style, like uh, like Vanguard. So it was, it was it was loved by a lot of people. It brought a lot of people back to Warzone, uh, including myself. Actually, I played a bit of Warzone now on this new map, and it's it's quite good. The colors are really vibrant. They've um, nope. yeah, they've they've really done a, a Warzone a really good service. That's their um, um, free it's not just Battle Royale, isn't it? Yeah, so the thing that Warzone, uh, yeah, so Call of Duty, they they did something. I think they were they weren't the first one to release a battle royale by any means. You had like player unknown battlegrounds and whatnot and Fortnite, but then they were like, you know what? We'll release Modern Warfare, and then we'll release a free game, Warzone, the world's biggest battle royale, mm. and you can play it completely free of charge. Yes, there are microtransactions, but. You do not need to spend a dollar in Warzone to to play it and get good weapons. Mm. I mean, like these little like free side offerings, particularly multiplayer focused ones for uh, campaign driven games. I think are great. They let let people get something, get their foot in the door. You know, you like that. Well, hey, we just put out a, a you know ten hour campaign. Wouldn't you like to play that a little bit? Yeah, I actually do like this game. I like the shooting. I want to give that a go. I think they're great ideas uh, for for companies, so long as they treat them right. But not not um, even that extreme, though, Seth. Like, if you enjoy the game, they're like, "Hey, do you want this skin of your character in a rabbit suit?" And you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, sure. yes, yes, I do." Yes, <laughs> I do. now. Why, why are you asking this question? Why do I not have the rabbit skin yet? Like, turns around in rabbit skin. Yes, like I'm, I do playing, um, I'm playing. Uh, one of games... If I logged in and found my character in a rabbit skin already, I'd be like, hey, I'm, even <laughs> mad. I'm fine with this. One thing I didn't, I didn't even mention this game actually, because this is my most played game of 2021. Uh, Pokemon Unite. Um, it's that, a... that was the Dota thing for for Pokemon, wasn't it? Exactly. Like I've heard yeah, a... good things. I... I've not actually played it though. So there's positives and negatives, I guess, but I mean, I, I'm addicted to it. I play it almost all day, every day lately, and um, there's so many daily missions to do. There's Pokemon, and nice. they release skins for them. You get character skins on top of it. Like it's, it is so microtransactional, which is the downside of things. Uh, mm. And the only negative I'd say about the game as well is that they thought it was smart to release a skin for a Pokemon that was $75 Australian. What? What? Which uh, one? Yeah, so there was a there's a Lucario skin, there's a Pikachu skin, uh, and a uh, I believe it's a Charizard skin. Um, and they released them all because they have, you know, their attacks look different. Essentially, their abilities and their attacks mm. have an artwork update. Uh, so ah, like, so it's an entire reskin kind yeah, of thing. So, so it's, it's like not a legendary just the skin, skin, but it's also changing the effects. And... Yeah, but still warranting okay. seventy five dollars. No, like no, not at all. League of Legends released legendary skins, and they are probably $25 maximum. Um, mm. So paying $20 for, for a normal skin in Unite is the only downside. It's just really expensive if you want microtransactions. I mean, like, a good example, like, a, a game I was resisting talking about because I play it all the fucking time, is a game called Warframe. Uh, they're having a big event right now where you can buy a special premium currency for the event. The uh, to get it at the best rate, you'd have to pay eighty dollars Australian. Now, within the event, that much of the premium currency will get you two uh, packs of Warframes. If you bought those packs at their original launch date, those were eighty bucks a piece. So Ooh. for the eighty bucks, you're getting two of them, and they give you a big pile of their normal premium currency to use in their normal premium store as well. Which, if you spent, could buy another like four Warframes. So, like, how far so, does that 
how far does that eighty dollars take you though? Because that's a pretty serious, like that's a pretty serious spend. That's an investment. That's yeah. uh, that's what I'm saying. Warframe like, said, it travels pretty far from what I've seen. Well, you can get six entire Warframes for that mm. amount of money, and a Warframe is a complete character from uh f- that has levels one to thirty. Uh, the premium ones that are getting part of the event that need the proper currency also come with two additional weapons. Um, in their, fa- uh, they're the you have normal and you have prime. The yep. event stuff is all prime, so it's the fancy right. version. So you're getting two of those, which would have cost you eighty dollars each, but you're getting two of them for the eighty bucks, and you can buy four more frames. Right, pretty much. Like I played Warframe years and years ago. I could never get the Twitch mechanic for it. Like I, I sucked at that game hard. I, I was not good at yeah. it. Yeah, uh, and eventually that's why I fell out of it. But I enjoyed the hell out of it when I was playing it to a point in like the scrub tier. Um, But yeah, no, the biggest thing for that was trying to get new frames and different ways of doing stuff. Um, But it sounds like the 80 bucks travels a bit better than it used to. It does. Like instead of it being a skin for one character, you're getting a, like imagine it's more like spending money to get a whole new Pokemon instead of a skin. Yeah. Yeah. But if are Mm. we keen for Arceus? I am very it's a, keen. It, it, it's the Pokemon game that, like, child me always wanted. Well, so what I don't we've know been how going to get this. I know. We actually want to see all the Pokemon on the map. We actually want to have to stalk them through the grass, get close, have battles on the actual map, not in freaking null space. Yeah. Mm. Actually have to plan around what balls we need, like, actually hunt Pokemon. I, see, I'm keen. It looks interesting. I'm yeah, I'm very especially with the you got the uh Hiswayan, Hiswayan edition of some of the Pokemon coming out, like the local regional uh takes yeah. on what they've done. Um the Voltorb looks like some anime chick doing in Elgare. <laughs> what is the new Pikachu though? Because it's always one. Yeah, I know, man. And uh, like, I, I don't think they've shown that, but they did turn Growlithe into a ground type. Yeah. I'm in, I can now have like a bunch of Growlithe. I'm okay with this. <laughs> and he, like, he's just got what is he if had, I could like, choose my starter every time it would just be Growlithe and, uh, or his no, eyes don't open either hey like his eyes don't open nice. his hair's grown over his eyes like something like that we've we got fire ice and earth now for Growlithe like a few more I can have a bobsled team no I know we've heard, <laughs> we've agreed on this Stop already that's right? what I'm thinking of Sled was involved. So we're we're getting this the day afterwards. We're getting this on the Saturday when it comes out. January 29th is when we'll be getting the game. I mean, didn't we all just like, like, like just recently, like all pre-order it? Yes. Yes. At the same time. We're in the same 15 minute span. But now now I'm just planning a dog sled team. It's just, that's what I need now. That is, that is my goal. What starter are you choosing, Swoosh? I have not actually okay. checked the new starters. Uh, do, do we have the starter yeah, list so for Arceus? It's Cyndaquil. Um, it, it's that line. Oh, in that case, Totodile. I'm going to fact check myself quickly, but I am, I'm pretty sure. Yes, it is. It's going to be Rowlet, Cyndaquil, and Oshawott. Not Totodile, oh. man. You got my hopes Oshawott? up there. I was like, wait a minute. No. Uh, it's one from each generation, yeah. the different ones. Oh, okay. I that mean, out of those ones, Cyndaquil, it's the yeah. cool one. Yeah. I See, I'd go Rowlet because Decidueye uh, is just an insane attack bird. It was the owl, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. The owl thing. Yeah. Turns into the, uh, the nerd. 
shoots arrows like bow and arrow type things. Yeah. 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 Well, sure but for that generation, Cyndaquil, I, I love that little thing. I think the problem also is like I have a lot of fun memories for um, Gold and Silver. Yeah. So you go, hey, do you want any of these other ones or do you want the Gold and Silver starter? Yeah, please give me the Gold and Silver starter. Give me the one I know. <laughs> the firefighting, always. But I, when I, did they make that speech? I'm really surprised that they, like, I mean, they probably have. We probably don't know about this yet. But, I mean, I'm really surprised they haven't done, like, a Hisui version of the starters. Which is, like, their, their original. Have. Yeah, exactly. They might have. So we might see. Uh, it might might actually make Oshawott something that's worth picking. Yeah, maybe. I always we'll go water type. Wait, wait. I've gone I've gone water type for seven generations, but choosing the Oshawott, very few times I've gone water type have been uh, Blastoise and Totodile. I think I don't remember having any other water starters. I think Oshawott's the only one I skipped because he's it just makes me sad. Fair. Yeah. He he, and I mean I don't really like it. it's like weird. The only it's one I would have enjoyed, thing. yeah. The only one I would, I would have picked would have been the the frog. But at the same time, I had the choice between Ninja Frog and Monkey King. I went Monkey King. Yeah, Monkey King's yeah, a fair a, choice. Like, yeah, there was no fight there. There was a fire Monkey King. I'm I'm in. We're gonna go fuck mm. some shit up. All right, but flaming poop everywhere. But back to 2021, which is what we're all get, uh, all about here. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I forgot this was the oh, 2021 yeah, no. <laughs> podcast, not the 2022. That will happen a lot, uh, without doubt. I guess that's, yeah, so a little bit of a breakdown, so, I guess. Movies, so, TV shows? Movies? Yes, yes movies. So the earliest uh, could... I can remember, what was the earliest release this year? Was it Squid Game? No, we've been Loki. Loki. Lucky like was a TV show, not a movie. Not TV. a movie. Yeah, a TV show. Yeah, yeah. So, oh man, if we're talking movies, uh, what oh, did we yeah. have? Shang Chi. I mean, Shang Chi was later in the year, but I mean, once again, probably one of the. That's best That's the one that pops movies. up the most in my head. That was great. Um, oh, big first standout movie of 2021 was Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Mm, that movie was, that was great. great. Who wants discount John Wick? I do. <laughs> that one was great. I, I mean, that I whole last segment where that fucking last segment where it's basically just grown up Home Alone. Because that yes. was um, that was Bob. I just want to talk about Christopher day. Lloyd again. Like Christopher Lloyd is something. Bob, you're going. You brought a lot of shotguns. You brought a lot of Russians. Like I, I love all of this. This is great. <laughs> Um, though, although my favorite thing from that entire movie was just him trying to explain his backstory and never getting it out. Yeah. That was, um, Constantly. That was Bob Odenkirk, hey? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Bob Odenkirk was uh, yeah, yeah. And he, he really played, like, he he's one of those actors that pretty much has one or two traits, like one or two personalities that he can act great at. Um, and, and that, like, he fit into the role perfectly, in my opinion. Man, I still love that scene where he walks into the the building and is like, I'm buying this place. You can't buy it. Dumps all the gold out. He's bought it, boy. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a great, great movie. I loved that one. It was I need to watch that again. I hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> Back to like me, you love it. <laughs> I mean Did it... you all watch um Wrath of Men? Wrath of Men. Yes. Uh that was I really enjoyed that movie. That was the uh, that Jason was, Statham hype yeah. movie. Jason Statham being Jason Statham. Uh, but it was 
I liked it. The writing was great. It gave me, um, it made me remember things like Snatch and Lockstock, uh, that kind of stuff, just a more serious version of it. But it was really well done. I enjoyed it to no end. Yeah, no, it was, was, I just loved watching, like, Jason Statham can do other movies, but he, to me, is an action character. So when he plays action characters, they're really good. No, he does. He plays them perfectly. There's a reason he's in the Expendables. Yes. But it's one of those things where if he pops up in something else, I'll watch it. But it's like, why aren't you fighting things, Jason? Please do the things. Mm. Uh, but yeah, no, that was his wheelhouse, and he played it perfectly. The because um, he he has down pat the quiet, angry Englishman. Um, yes. Yeah. Because he's never an explosive anger. He'll murder people, sure, but it's always quiet soft-spoken angry and he plays that so well like he's got a murder face yeah he he does he has resting murder face like he could Um, whisper to you and then you'd still know that he's gonna kill you yeah oh yeah guaranteed uh it's like the whole thing of um if you can't see jason statham you may be seconds from death if you can see him you know he can see you well, I mean, both of these both of these movies so far scored around a ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is huge for Rotten Tomatoes. Um, yeah, but taking you to something that scored twenty percent purely because I enjoy hearing Seth mad. Let's go mm. to uh, Men in Black with Chris Hemsworth. I didn't entirely hate it. This came out this year. It came out early, like January twenty one. I don't remember this one. Uh, it, it was Men in Black International. Um, I did oh, it was that one. Yeah. It, it, it was a popcorn flick. I, I kind of just tuned that out and watched with an empty brain, and I enjoyed it that way. But it definitely wasn't what I expected or wanted. Uh, yeah. It's the same thing I'm expecting from the new like Ghostbusters, to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I see that, and I'm like, ooh, this is a train wreck waiting to happen. Let's see how this goes. Well, um, I mean, you can still do a train wreck that can, like, <laughs> kind of entertain. I mean, they're still doing Fast and the Furious movies. And they're still doing Sharknadoes as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, also, my mistake, Men in Black International was 2019, but I just thought about it because I watched oh, wow. it the other day because uh, of how many people... If we want to get, if we get like, Seth angry, we'll talk about The Matrix for a second. Uh, <laughs> oh, go, this year. go, uh, die to fire. <laughs> I hate that movie. Oh, oh, I, I watched so it and immediately regretted every second of it. It was horrible. I did not enjoy it at all. And it made me die slightly inside. It, I, no. no the, the on, on, the risk, seeing, hmm? on the risk of uh, anything being said here, I'm just going to say spoiler alert. Yeah, we're, we're talking about movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very uh, recent and, movies. We'll, so, we'll try and keep it light on movies that are recent, but you know it might squeak out. So tell us all um, about your opinion on Matrix, uh, Matrix, Seth. Uh, look, I look. I don't like it. It's it's a movie that's to me comes across way too much. Like it just wants to remind you that the Matrix was cool. There's a 15 minute sequence where they just talk about stuff that was cool in the Matrix. I've seen a bunch of, It is actually 15 minutes, and it's painful. I've seen a bunch of articles that have come out since the movie will come out talking about how, oh, it's so clever and insightful because they're talking about how people don't understand the Matrix. 
guys, it's it's a movie about a dude who gets godlike powers inside a simulation. It's not as deep as you think it is. Sometimes the freaking blue curtains are blue. Yeah. <laughs> well, even then, um, on the whole blue curtains thing, the Matrix, the original, always had color as a main focus, which was interesting. It was great because every time in the Matrix, everything's green tinted. That's how you knew they're in the Matrix. It's one of those things that the Wachowskis were very good at. In the new one, they tried doing something similar and then abandoned it very quickly. I'm not going to go into detail because that will ruin a lot of things for the movie, but it's one of those things where it's like, why would you focus on that as a main thing in the first half and then just ditch it within seconds? Yeah. I heard, why I heard you angered of, me like i heard they had a lot of opportunities to make something happen and then they were just like eh, no nah, let's, let's change it yeah there, there's so many things like just watching the movie i'm like well you could have done that and that'd have been more interesting or maybe that or just not done that and oh. Look, it came I, across I to me like they didn't want to make the movie which i honestly don't wouldn't be surprised if they didn't want to they'd finished the matrix there was nowhere really to go with that um and there is a point in the movie where they try and be very meta with that, that they didn't want to make the movie. Um, but so if you didn't want to be involved, you could have at least handed it off to someone who did Except want to make it. that's not true. Because there are articles in which uh, Lana Wachowski points out that she came up with and wrote and then said yes to making this movie. Really? Because it did does not, not make come her off make it. They've been bugging them about it and been trying to get it to line up a new director to work on it and do another Matrix. But this movie was actually Lana Dwitowski wow. coming up with an idea and actually being okay with it. She did that not is, get forced to do it. That's At actually least the surprising to Because that legitimately, it did not feel like there was any soul in that movie. Uh, it, it was just painful. Oh, no, no. You want soulless, painful movies. Let's talk about Space Jam. <laughs> oh, God, no. Um, thank you for that reminder that that exists. Uh, the, Le 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 LeBron James? Oh, please please the only, yes. Uh, Le the LeBron James actually putting himself out as a bad father. Well done, LeBron. But one of my favorite things is the only thing I liked about that movie was the Animaniacs turned up for about 3.2 seconds. Um, that's all I care about. <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that movie is absolutely, like, anytime someone talks about, like, what would uh, a, a soulless corporation doing market research and going off fucking, um, uh, what are they, focused test results, that's that movie. Oh, it's man. fucking garbage. <laughs> I mean, Don Cheadle as a villain is always fun, but even he couldn't save that steaming pile. No, and, and the fact that they just, like, side, like, when LeBron's like, okay, I need to create my dream team to go fight the fucking people and win this basketball game. He's listing off all these characters and Bugs specifically doesn't go and get them, despite the fact that it would be very helpful to have all these good characters. So your that first to thought me is, felt like a flex from Warner Brothers going, look at all the things we own. Look at these properties. You can't here's the thing. It would have been more of a flex if they'd actually shown up for the actual game, but we need the, the Toon Squad, so we yeah. have to have it. But it comes across as Bugs being a complete asshole and not actually giving a shit about what's happening to LeBron and the fact that his son's in danger and just mm. wanting to get his friends back. Pretty much. Which is really fucking selfish and not a characteristic I associate with Bugs Bunny. Like, you know what I would have preferred to... In the to... fucking crowd shot, all of the things that he wrote on the board turn they're up. All, they're all <laughs> in the background. Like they couldn't put him in the fucking movie. 
Well, the thing is, like, what I would have preferred to what that travesty was, because the the villain for that uh, was Algorithm, uh, the, the or Algy Rhythm, whatever the hell his name was. Uh, yeah, Donkey. But that was a. I understand what they were going for. It was the whole meta thing of the, the algorithm trying to predict what is going to be popular and all that kind of jazz. I would have much rather preferred something that popped up in again an Animaniacs episode. Uh, sorry, no, Tiny Toons, uh, same writers, but the idea of um, characters that have been forgotten, aging and becoming un- non-relevant. Uh, a tune is only alive because of laughter and attention. Can you imagine a villain who was a beloved cartoon character having been forgotten mm. and then coming back yeah. because they've been forgotten and neglected? I would have loved that as a villain. It'd be great. Yeah. We come back like, you know what? No, I'm angry at everyone. Go, go to hell. Go, fuck all of you. You forgot me. You left me behind. That is a great motivation for a villain yeah. and would have been a lot better than some guy having a tantrum. Because he didn't get the credit. Yes, he was a program having a tantrum. That was it. That's not motivation to me. All because uh, LeBron James thought his idea of putting LeBron James in everything was dumb. (laughs) Yeah. To be fair, it wasn't Shazam. Well, hopefully Malcolm D. Lee is listening and gets in touch with us for our actual opinion so that uh, he can (laughs) improve his future movies. But... Let's, uh, let's I'm just waiting for the DMCA now. <laughs> summarize, let's summarize the movies before we move on to the TV series with the number one rated movie in 2021, and none of us had this on our lists either. It was June. Oh, I actually so really good. enjoyed it. It it's was so great. Good. It was a slow burn, I will say that. Um, but you can't it, do Dune as a fast movie. Exactly. Dune is not an action flick. It is a drama. But it was great. I love the redesigns for certain things, like the um, the thumpers, the air, the aircraft. Mm. I love that design. It was perfect. I, it was great. Um, the sandworms were sufficiently terrifying uh, and huge. Uh, it was really good. I enjoyed it. It's one of the few movies I've gone back and watched multiple times. I think you have to. It's an absolute... Def- like, if you want to know what the word space opera is supposed to be attached to, it's mm. that movie. It, Absolutely. It's actually won 50 awards th- uh, last year as well. 116 nice. nominations and 50 awards, which is crazy. Does not surprise me And at another all. reason uh, as well that I- I've actually started to love this actress, but Zendaya. Zendaya has had a yes. huge, yeah. huge year last year. She is yeah. a very good actress. I, I quite enjoy her stuff. And the fact yeah. that uh, all the directors and everything have told um, Tom Holland to keep a, keep his hands off, but uh, <laughs> he's elected to uh, ignore all that, and now they are in a fully committed relationship. Well, it's, um, we're finally getting the new generation of actors and actresses, and I think it's um, they're coming out because of Marvel movies and the big stuff. They're being picked up and like, oh, we like this person, off they go. And I think we've got some interesting things to come for those people, like Tom Holland and Zedair and a few others. Well, since we're talking about Marvel stuff, do we want to do a quick rundown on the Marvel movies that came out this year? Oh, man. Oh, well, so look, many. I think we all agree, let's not mention Eternals. I haven't even seen it. I haven't it. actually watched it yet. Uh, I've heard <laughs> horrible things, and I can't be bothered watching it. The fact that three of us, potentially three of the biggest Marvel fans around, do just skip Eternals. 
Just yeah, I, I, I had nothing good. I don't go to movies as much as anymore, especially with Disney bringing most of their stuff to Disney Plus. Pretty much. Um, it's just like, well, I'll just wait until Disney Plus has it. and Or if it's really good, I'll go see it. Um, I mean, I didn't I have to see Black... I, I did that one. Yeah, yeah. But I think we'll talk about that one at the end. I feel like we all got a lot of much more uh, energy for that movie. Uh, but mm. the first one that came out last year was Black Widow, which dropped digitally on the same day it came to cinemas, so I saw it at home. <laughs> I, I was I knew they were going to set up the replacement for Black Widow, and I am very happy with who they have chosen, oh, the character wow. they've already built. Magnificent. Uh, I want more of this chick. I want to see her as Black Widow doing horrible, horrible things. And then uh, you get more of her in Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's uh just the whole like the um the sassiness of that character is great. Like, Why do you always superhero pose? Like, no, I don't. Yes, you do. And that banter back and forth. And then she I does the pose and freaks out so about it. <laughs> it's like, oh, no. I laughed hysterically at that. I loved it. It was good fun. And then mm. oh, uh, yes. Shang-Chi was next. Shang-Chi, yep. I really That was what everything I wanted from uh, Iron Fist. It, there was a moment early on in Shang-Chi, which is what I wanted the Iron Fist series to be, where he finally goes, you know what? No, I am a badass in martial arts. I'm just going to do the thing now. Yeah. And fights people on a bus. And it's amazing. I loved every I second of it. I know we're going to break it down too, but the second cut scene, sorry, the second end of credit scene in Spider-Man No Way Home, where they do bring it back to the rings, back to that temple in the multiverse of madness. Mm. Oh, I'm mm. I so excited. Oh, yeah. There's going to be a lot of fun for that. I think probably the best thing Shang-Chi did, though, was redesign the rings. Yes. They're because no longer, like, finger rings. They're just... Rings. They're more like arm bangles. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I like the fact that when he does, like, the chi blast, he's not chi blasting. He's shooting the rings. They so have they weight have, to them. It's which amazing. means when they're having fights and they're like deflecting the blast, instead of it just being like an anemic like blast is deflected, you can see you can hear the ping and you can see the ring actually strike the ground before going back. Yeah, it's so good. It makes gives that uh, what is it uh, kineticism to the actual fights. It really does. It, it makes it feel more real in a way. It grounds it in some kind of reality, which really helps because um, we can only suspend disbelief for so long before it starts to just kind of get vague it's like ah. like i love marvel and the avengers but endgame became a lot of people waving arms around and special effects and it didn't have as much weight to it mm. it didn't feel like what they were doing was powerful it's like oh look flashy things yeah but the 10 rings impacting things and hitting it felt better i don't know mm. how to put it but the kinetic is probably the best way of doing it, like you said but it was so well done. I quite enjoyed it. it. Absolutely Kong. feels like um like like it feels like a super slick like Hong Kong action film for most of the run too. It does, There's yes. Lots of kung fu, it. lots of wire work, lots of like over the top sort of uh, Asian special effect type things. It's really nice, and it's it's really good. You know who I actually really enjoyed. Uh, I didn't enjoy him very much in Iron Man three, but. I really enjoyed him in The Ten Rings. It was none other than uh, Trevor Slattery, the Mandarin. Yes, the original oh, yeah. Mandarin. He's I so love the way good. they explained that as well. I was like, well, they bust me out of prison to kill you. Yeah, yes, to kill me. But, <laughs> so, oh, it was great. I, I really enjoyed his character. One thing Marvel's always been 
really on top of is how they integrate certain parts of certain movies that you'll see in, you know, six movies. How many movies has it been since Iron Man 3? Eight movies? Eight movies later. Something like that? And you're like, holy crap. Well, more to the point that that particular thing is a special feature on the DVD. Oh, I think it's a special feature on the DVD. I know it's not part of the movie or it's a post-credits. It's separate from the actual movie of Iron Man 3. It just mm. came out at the same time as this stub where the Ten Rings go and get him. Yeah. And it's like, not even a part of the movie, and then they still picked it up and ran with it. And just whenever the Mandarin would come on TV in Iron Man 3, it would quickly flash that Ten Rings thing uh, on the yeah. screen. Oh, man, I just love how it ties it together. It's so cool. Yeah, I, I just like the audacity of someone, the guy, the villain in Iron Man Three, going, "You know what? There's this secret military like, organization of super spies and horror. Yeah, steal their shit, be fine. They won't care." And went about it. Like, how yeah. how did he expect that to go forward? Like, oh, I've I've destroyed everything and taken over the world. Yeah. Oh wait, no. The guy who actually runs the world is now angry at me. Oh fuck. What have I done? <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah, squish gonna get a squishy little animal and then try and go save the world in the ten rings with my little pet counterpart yeah this moth dog thing <laughs> the, the faceless fly dog thing that yeah it was strange yeah, it was very odd <laughs> <laughs> although like the um the lion dogs that they had were just gorgeous yeah oh yeah oh when they actually busted out the food dogs yeah mm. proper oh, food dogs Right, having a look, spot on. Having a look into the Marvel TV series this year, another huge thing, because this is quite new, right? End of 2020 to the start of 2021 till now, Marvel has been like, all right, let's really, really ramp up our TV <coughs> series. And, of course, they started with Loki. Um, I think they've caught on with the TV shows are becoming the thing. Yeah, like Tom Hiddleston. I thought other ones were in, were in this year. I guess they were 20, end of 2020. Well, there was one before... No, WandaVision. Two. Was WandaVision, sorry. WandaVision was the first one that came out, and then um, uh, Falcon and, uh, and Winter Soldier. But I don't remember what date they came out. Yeah. I, mean, I don't wait. think it was last year. I think it was 2021. Oh, sorry, 2020. No, Falcon no, 2020. Winter Soldier was definitely last year. I'm sitting yeah. in a computer with a complete access to Google, and I'm not just <laughs> Googling it. Yeah, it was the same. But... <laughs> But but if want, we right can talk now. about those. WandaVision and Captain America. I, I enjoyed... Oh, sorry. Um, Falcon. Falcon I enjoyed them both for what they were. Um, they were no, fun. WandaVision was January 15, 2021. There you go. Oh, well, oh, there we go. We can talk about all. Yeah. Uh, nice. But I enjoyed WandaVision. It was a slow burn, but it got me in the end. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I'm really sad that so recently. many people bounced off the, the, the weird opening to that show. I get it. But it was such a good show. Mm. I, That's what I mean. Like, it was on. definitely a slow burn one. Yeah, Once you I, get into it, though, you're in. It's hard to get out of it. I couldn't again. get past the second episode. Like, <laughs> I tried. I really did try with it. Um, See, I grew up watching a lot of, like, because uh, I ended up watching a lot of daytime TV with my mom, and, and she <laughs> liked those sort of shows. So I ended up watching a lot of, you know, Bewitched and that sort of stuff. So to <laughs> me, it was like this funny homage to things I've seen before. Uh, which I think helped get me through it. But well, like I, I said, I, I don't blame anyone who bounced off of that because it yeah. was a really weird start. Unless you, you're already acquainted with those things, it's a hard thing to get into. Like I grew up watching, uh, like uh, like you said, Bewitched and everything else and the Dick Van Dyke show, and I loved all of them. Um, and that's what 
got me through those first two to three episodes. And once you get past that, it's like, oh, okay, there's a hidden thing here and it brings in the chick from the original Thor and as the same character who I love. She's amazing. Mm. Um, and her character in the Marvel Universe is hilarious. And I want more of it. Uh, but, you know, it, once you get past that, it starts getting a bit more action-y and starts getting a bit more vibrant, probably the best way of putting it. But, and then, I mean, it's yeah, kind of show where if you couldn't get through it, I would highly recommend you watch a YouTube video and at least know yeah. what the plot was because it's very interesting. Um, if you can't watch it, oh, I yeah, would highly I, I recommend caught, you I watch caught it. I up on the plot, definitely, because I know it's going to tie into what's what's going on and what's coming out. Um, so mm. I know I need to know exactly what's going on. Like, similar to Falcon and Winter Soldier, like, uh, man, I, I honestly love Falcon and Winter Soldier. It had a great, oh, I enjoyed amount, it. A great, a great amount of twists. Uh, a great amount of like the villains were pretty cool. I loved them, like super powered humans, basically. But, I uh, really liked that one of the heroes had did the heel turn to become a villain. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't just, and I love the way it did. Like man, that scene where he goes ham and he's killing that dude, mm. like that is a meaty ass scene. Then the, that reminded like, me of the boys uh, a lot. Yeah, actually. But like the last scene of the TV series where we finally meet Agent Carter. Mm. And how it's going to tie into all the other stuff. Like it's, they just leave it so far open, man. They leave it, they leave yeah. everything so far open. Yeah, they do. And, Loki. and then we roll into Loki. Yes. Now, there is no other way to roll into, into Loki, though, let's be honest. It's just, and then Loki happened and everything changed. This is the first I, thing I guess Marvel's been I able to do, it. right? Like, everyone else will make a movie and then a TV show will be made about it, but it'll just have different actors. Whereas Marvel's like, yeah. no, we're going to make a TV series and we're going to put the actors in it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the only time they've ever differed from that was WandaVision, I think, where they uh, recast Pietro and they made the joke about that. Yeah, but they recast Pietro with Pietro. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They recast him with another official version of Quicksilver. But, um, yeah, no, it's... Loki was, from the start, funny as hell and fun. He's always had that sass about him, and he really, like, I'm glad that, you know, his limited time on the screens of Avengers movies and Thor and whatnot, now he's got the full series to show yeah. us his full personality, which he brings to the table really well. Yeah, and they also they picked him up right before the character change or the uh, the redemption arc, where it's like, oh, okay, we'll take him at his worst and just plonk him in here and see what happens. And he gets the same redemption. It's really I think good. it's the one thing that's a little annoying about it is that the redemption arc, because of the way the TV show has to work, is very quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, because they got to hurry him along to you know the plot of this show. It's not bad. I mean, particularly the bit where he gets trapped in the time loop with Lady Sif, just yeah. taking him in the nuts. Yes, um, there's some good shit there to help move him along, and you know, actually seeing his mom die so that he understands that the path he was on was ultimately going to be a bad one. Yeah, um, it's all good, and it and it's. I'm not saying that the the turnaround isn't justified just that it's very fast when we've seen this one where it's justified out over across multiple movies and a greater amount of time feels short yeah a little bit um and then of course, i guess we finish off the year with hawkeye um i enjoyed that far more than i thought i would to be honest yeah um, i was not expecting to again the the handoff to a new new hero so we're getting the new hawkeye and they cemented the new black widow in that series 
but it was well done. I made done. you mac and cheese. It's really tasty. I know what yeah. instant mac and cheese tastes like. They have the banter. They got it right. They have the same banter as as, as Clinton Romanoff. It was wonderful. So I liked every second of it. And at no point did any of the dialogue in any of the Marvel um, series ever feel forced. No, because uh, it happens with improv, certain things. Like a lot of improv, and they they just mesh so well together. I think it all felt fluid. I think the closest thing ever to it feeling forced, and I don't think it did. I think it's only uh, feels forced simply because of my own cultural background. Is when. Um, uh, Falcon's confronting the idea that he's just Black Falcon or going to be Black Captain America. Yeah. It's a very uh, deal with it kind of scene, mm-hmm. and it's very confronting in this sort of it's a superhero show. Yeah, it's like um, it was- it's not forced. It's very natural for the scene, and the dialogue's really, really good. Um, and, and like I said, I think it's more my own personal background as the white motherfucker I am. Um, that it, like it hit like whoa! I'm being really exposed to something right now. Yeah, mm. it was like a, in the Black Lightning where they're like, "Why are you Black Lightning? Why aren't you just Lightning?" Mm. Like it's it's actually a good TV show that a lot of people didn't see. Yeah. I watched all of it. And I actually really enjoyed it. It was yeah, it fun. was good. But uh, um, moving moving on a bit, they're now um, you're both huge book whizzes. What was your best read of 2021? Do you want to say this year or just in general? Because I, I, I the have... best book you've read this year. Ooh, does that include rereading things? I just go back and reread the same <laughs> things over well, and over again. It, it must I think it has to be different. something. I think it has to be something new, something not something new. you've read a million times. That is fair. Give me a second. Uh, you might want to go first on that one, Seth. <laughs> okay, so for my one, uh, I'm a big sci-fi nerd. Uh, and I read this book called Far Futures, which is a big collection of like little stories um, about um, uh, about uh, like it's a bunch of really well known. Accidentally started the book. Um, it's a, a book about a whole bu- that I got a whole bunch of really well known science fiction writers to speculate what the future might be like. Right. Those, um, I those found it by uh, Gregory Benford. Yeah. Uh, Greg Baird, Donald Kingsbury, Paul Anderson, Joel, Helen. Uh, That's cool. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a big lot of like well-known science fiction writers all came together to do these short stories. I found it because I was looking for a book called Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And then I found out that that's an expansion of a novella that's in this pack of stories. <clears throat> and it's really interesting hearing what people think the future might be. Yep. And how uh, future things might interact with with the way we do. Uh, I'll speak specifically to tomorrow and tomorrow because I have also read that book. But like I said, I got it primarily from this one. It's a, a story about a guy whose wife is dying, and he has her cryogenically frozen so that later on, when tech progresses, that uh, they, she can be cured. But so that he isn't left without it, he has himself frozen along with it, and slowly as he sort of leaps frogs through time he ends up at like the heat death of the universe dying in an alien pyramid as he vomits his guts out alone as the last human it's this kind of weird confronting story 
and they're all just odd and strange. And it was such an interesting read for someone like me who really likes a lot of dystopia fiction and sci-fi. And then there's this whole book that's just authors being like, here's a possible weird future. Yeah, right. Interesting. I do and like that idea. From the sounds of it as well, like uh, you read the short story and it sounds like a lot of the authors have also expanded that story in their own separate book as well. I haven't actually looked into whether any of the other ones got turned into uh, bigger stories, uh, but that, that I just know that that one was because I was looking for Tomorrow and Tomorrow and then found this. I haven't actually looked in to see whether any of the other novellas got uh, moved into bigger stories as well. Um, but I would highly suggest anyone who really likes science fiction, uh, check it out. Uh, and the audiobook version of it's actually very good. Um, that's the one I consumed, and all the narrators are really good. They do a good job. It's not one of these ones with some deadpan dude who can't actually inflect his voice to save his life. Um, and Seth's book of the week. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Swoosh's book of the week? Of the month? I'm trying to remember the name of it currently, but it was a Star Wars... Um... Is it, the one I rec- which... is it the re- one I recommended you? No, I'm still reading that one at the moment. I, I do enjoy that one, actually. That um, but there's one I've actually finished. Uh, <clears throat> my brain is... It's defaulting to Alphabet, uh, Alphabet Squadron, but it's... Um, one before it. It's, what was the game that came out? The um, Squadrons? you got to give me something, Battlefront? Well, Battlefront, Battlefront kind of, Yeah, Battlefront. It's a tie-in for that in a way, because it was the same basic storyline of an Imperial task force who are uh, who switch sides essentially. Um, I'm just trying to remember the actual name of it because it's escaping me and it's annoying the hell out of me. Uh, it's currently on a bookshelf, but that's in a different room, so <laughs> I'd have to go and find it. But uh, let's have a look. There's Alpha Squadron was a thing, but it's not the one I'm thinking of. Hold on a second. Twilight Company. No, it was something to do with Fire Squad, I think. Fire Squad? Hmm. It might actually be Fire Squad. Bear with me a moment. Star Wars! You might, have, you might have just guessed it. Do you know when the book was released? Uh, it was within the last three years, because I picked it up because Tom put me onto it. I think it is Fire Squad, actually. Um, that sounds about right. But the basic premise of it is uh, you take a Im- Imperial task force and you put them in deep cover with a rebellion, trying to find out where they are and that kind of stuff, and then watching them slowly become radicalized. And it's really fun. It's a very simple story, but I loved it. Um, it's something weird. <laughs> That's all right. Well, we can move on. We can come back to that. <laughs> Inferno Squad. That was Inferno the one. Squad. Inferno Squad. Inferno Squad. Great book. I enjoyed the hell of it. It was really fun. Now we're going to do a uh, we're going to do a quick go through of the Watch of the Week, um, which I think we all agree is Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett. Oh yes, man. When it started and it straight away from the first ten seconds of the episode tied into. Uh, the original Star Wars movies uh, and that battle scene above the sand. It was absolutely amazing how they did that straight away. For those yes, no, I, I really enjoyed that. It's only been out a week, so we're everything from here on out is definitely a 100% spoiler alert. 
as soon as you see at the end of the Mandalorian TV series, which we didn't even touch it. We didn't even talk about that in our favorite TV series of 2021. Yeah, we didn't actually. No, but when he sits... Uh, no, no, that was a 2020 show, wasn't it? I mean, I watched it in 2020. It was 2020, and then the second series was 2021. Ah, the, I could have sworn we've been waiting a year for anything to do with it because the previous season of, Man- of Mando ended with like Boba's coming in December. I actually don't know. I, I, I would have to look it up. But you know when he sits um, down in in Jabba's chair, like yeah, and then at mm. the start of the Mandal- uh, start of the Boba Fett book. Oh look, there he is in Jabba's chair. Oh, it's so good. No, season two of Mandalorian was twenty twenty. Wow. Yeah, it, I thought it was. I was really sure it ended been... in. Mm. Surely not. Yeah. Wow. It, it, and I'm sure it ended in December and then we'll like see in a year. Yeah, right. That's crazy. So now that we have Boba Fett, yeah. that's the Mandalorian wrapped <clears throat> up, right? Because the Mandalorian, it turns into Boba Fett. Well, no, no. There is a confirmed follow-up season. We're three. getting a season three. Um, Boba Fett is what's tiding us over until we get the next season of it. Is great. Because uh, Disney is doing want. the whole thing of at least once a year. Right, okay. Theoretically, yes. We want uh, it might be the hunt for him. Because that'll the end of that second series will end up be it was uh, what was. Uh, but we all know what happens in the Star Wars movies and the failure that is Luke Skywalker's school. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a matter of him going to find Grogu after that. Which I think Grogu really held that magic show together. Like Grogu would have sold so much merchandise, it would have made the company so much money. Just by having a, it is everywhere. Yeah, you and people. Well, people are probably listening, and they there go, "There's a bottle I kind of want to buy, but it's um, yeah, oh yeah, baby Yoda." But yes, the one I want to buy is the uh, one where he's eating the squid. It looks like a xenomorph attached to his face. Yeah, it does. Oh, I said that as well. Hey, yeah, it really looked like that. But the even the, for the Yoda, baby Yoda pops, I think I've got three of them. But there's there's already around probably twelve to thirteen different variants. Oh, look at us using There's using so Loki Loki words variants. <laughs> but, yes, no, perfect. Let's uh, let's move on to I guess the the big spoiler alert, alert part, uh, which is. I mean, do we have time for this this episode? I feel like we've been going a while. I mean, we can cut into it. This might be two episodes combined. This yeah, this is definitely well. <laughs> may well be i mean the first episode is usually like uh, that gives you guys the best chance to get to know what we are and what we talk about so i think the first episode being a tiny bit longer wouldn't be that much of a bad thing well i do a, a, a rapid rundown on spider-man uh, no way home so we can round things out I am since gonna... i know we all want to talk about it well, <laughs> rapid rundown better than game so 100 percent spider-man rundown 10 out of 10 i, I could yeah, not fault 100 it is it. easily the best movie i think i I think Endgame and, and Infinity War taken together are better because, let's face it, the album movie. Um, but, or, it basically has no downtime. Great characters seeing the previous two Spider-Mans back again. Not that I like Andrew Garfield that much, but fuck it. Um, all the characters reprised by their actors. Voice acting for any of the ones that were digital was great. Loved it. Everything about it was absolutely stellar, spot on. The connections with... Uh, Doctor Strange were great. Absolute A+. plus. Yeah, no, can't fault it. Absolutely. It is probably the closest thing to a perfect movie I think I've ever seen. So I watched a YouTube video It was today. pretty damn great. Like, 
watched a um a YouTube video today with over forty three Easter eggs from the original Marvel movies that were implanted in the new Spider Man movie, and it it this is stuff that I think if I watched it a hundred times, I could not pick up on it at all. If it it even includes, uh, you know, like the Lego um, Palpatine figure in it, uh, that that it was in the original Spider-Man movie when they're building the Lego Death Star on the ground with Ned and they're sleeping over at Peter's place. You know, he still has it in this new movie. It's- I just find it funny that Lego Palpatine had a bigger impact in, in cinema than the actual Palpatine did. Yes. But, <laughs> but like, 10 out of 10, man. What do you think, Swoosh? Yeah, absolutely. It was, a, it was a good, good movie. And... It has opened up a lot of plot holes, sure. Uh, I love the memes that have come from it. Yeah. But it was well done. I loved every like, second of it. I, I know we could, it anyway. We could sit here for ages and spoil the shit out of this thing, but I don't want to because it's so good. It's not like... like yeah, no, it's I, something I, I, I can see. It, I can rip ruin The Matrix a new one and not really give a crap and spoil the shit out of it if I really wanted to, but I really don't want to spoil Far From Home. It is too good. It is very, very yeah. good. And it's still in cinemas now for anyone who wants to go see it. We strongly recommend Even, like, sure, it might come out on Disney+, Plus, but if it's in the movie theaters, you want to go and experience this on a big screen. Yeah. It's one of the few movies I've gone to a cinema and watched in the last two years. Like, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Like, the only- I left my home to go see this thing in the middle of a pandemic. Is yeah, no, why not? <laughs> the only movie yeah. I, the only Marvel movie I've not gone to uh, an early screening of in the theater is Eternals, um, and. Yeah, I think, that's I think we all agree that no one gives a crap. <laughs> yeah, no, Eternals, come on, guys. <laughs> like, you're the new era of Marvel after all the other Avengers are gone and you really, you release something with Angelina Jolie in it? Like, come on, guys. I don't think that's necessarily a problem. From what I've heard, the problem with Eternals is too many characters, it has like three reboots of its villain in its one movie and so many plot lines that you could never have done it even if you had another two hours. It either had to be a TV show or you just didn't do it this way. But like I said, I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on it yet. Um, Hopefully they drop it on digital soon so I can. Um, Because that's the only way I'm seeing that I am. (laughs) I'm not going to a cinema. Yeah, no. I'm not. If that comes out... If that comes out free on Disney Plus, I will watch it. Yes. But yes, then... you know I'm already paying for Disney Plus, so fuck it. <laughs> but that, that about wraps it up. Um, <laughs> I mean, what are you talking about next week? Uh, we're moving into more of a 2022. Yeah, scenario. I think it's going to be what we're looking forward to, either what's just out or coming out in 2022, what we're looking forward to. I'm, I'm keen, man. We already spoke about it earlier. Hey, Pokemon Arceus is coming out. Man, there, there's so many other things. And that's just the tip. Like, there's so much I'm stuff coming. To that. I'm going to lose sleep to Pokemon Arceus. You're going to lose sleep to God of War coming out on PC. Uh, oh, so looking forward to that. Light, light, oh, light, yes, light. No, that's true. Nah, man, the one that's going to eat my life is Elden Ring. But I think this is all the conversation we can say yes. for next time. <laughs> <laughs> Before we start getting onto another tangent, I think we better wrap it up. Yeah, let's wrap it up. We're uh, tangenetic, which hopefully you guys cut it out to be genetically uh, addicted to tangents. 
<laughs> we've gone off a few times on some tangents tonight, but next week, hopefully we'll uh, we provide you with more tangents. You can, I think you can sure. Three guys with ADHD chasing squirrels. <laughs> Squirrel! <laughs>